It's time for this week's Uplift. Encouraging words from two ordinary guys that want you and others to find the freedom in Christ that's available to everyone. So sit back and enjoy Uplift, brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our website at fulcrumcenter.org to learn more. Hello again, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Uplift. I'm Phil Bliss. Uh-oh, it looks like we're missing someone tonight. Yes, Ian Thornton couldn't be here tonight. Uh, he had planned on being here, but uh, due to a church meeting, he uh, was unable to attend. He may show up later in the show. We'll take a short break if he does and have him join in. But that's okay, because tonight you got me. So the topic for tonight is about a 60-second uplift that Ian did recently called Ask for Help. It aired on the secular radio in August, and it airs, it's airing on Fulcrum Radio this particular week. So by the time you see this or hear this, it's going to be Thursday night, 7 p.m. Uh, if you catch Fulcrum Radio Friday at 7.30, 10.30, 1.30, I believe are the times. Anytime you catch Fulcrum Radio on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at the half hour mark, there's a good chance you might hear a 60-second uplift. And if you listen tomorrow on Friday, you'll hear the one that Ian is talking about asking for help. You know, as human beings, we don't always like to ask for help, do we? We like to think that we can do things on our own just fine. But the problem is that God wants us to ask him for help sometimes. And it's okay to ask others for help too. You know, there are many times in my life personally when I asked for help and the situation recovered quicker, the job got done quicker. Many different things happened because people jumped in and helped me. If I had asked for help sooner, things would have gotten done a lot quicker. The biggest problem is that a lot of times it's because of pride. We really feel like we can do it ourselves so we don't jump in and ask for help. But it is okay to ask for help. When I think about in the Bible, when people turn to God and ask for help, he listens. Prime example is the Israelites. They 70 strong with Jacob in the lead, head into Egypt, and they make a, a living in Egypt. They're eating because Joseph is the Pharaoh's second in command in Egypt. And Joseph is the son of Jacob, the beloved son of Jacob. So he sends for Jacob and have him come during a famine. And before you know it, generations passed. Israel's growing from 70 to now more numerous than the stars in the sky. And there's a lot of people. And the Pharaoh at the time some 400 years later, says, I don't know who you are. You know, it'd be almost like a nation that would adopt strong Christian principles and then hundreds of years later say, well, we don't know who those people were, so we're not going to live by those principles any longer. I mean, may that never happen to this nation, but it's, it's similar to that sort of thing. Pharaoh said, I don't know who Jacob is. I don't know who Joseph is. That was 400 years ago. I'm in charge. I see a lot of people. I'm enslaving them. So he did. And the people were crying out to God. We know who you are, God, because 
we know the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and how you spoke to Abraham and you told him that he'd be a great nation. We know the history of our people, the Hebrew people. Save us, O God. So God calls upon Moses and says, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh to free my people. What's Moses say? <laughs> Find somebody else. I can't do it. Are you kidding me? I'm not a well-spoken man. But God says, I will help you. And I will have Aaron, your brother, help you. I will be with you, is what he said. I will be with you. So there's one example. Another example is Gideon. God says to Gideon, I want you to narrow down your army. And Gideon says, uh, God, uh, um, I can't do this. I need help. Hezekiah was about to die. And he prayed that God would give him better health. Boom. God gave him better health. David, how many times did he ask God? Every time someone inquired of the Lord, if they followed his advice, they succeeded. So there's a, a story in this. What I'm trying to get you to understand is, if you need help, ask the Lord. Seek out his help and knock on that door and by golly, he will open it for you. I know we've covered this quite a bit you know, here on Uplift, but it's so important. Seek out the Lord. Ask him for help. I don't care what the situation is. Oh, well, this is my job, and God doesn't want to get involved. Yes, he does want to get involved with your job. God has helped me with my job many times. Oh, well, I've asked God before, and he just didn't help. Well, you know what? Ask him again. Because sometimes I would tell my kids no, but it didn't mean I didn't love them. It meant I had something better in mind for them, or I knew that what they were asking for was not good for them. Okay, so now you're going to turn this into, well, if I ask God to heal somebody and he doesn't do it, then he knows something's better for me. Well, you know what? God is sovereign, which means he's in control of himself. There's no one above him. He decides, and he knows. And see, the thing is, he knows what's best. He knows if today is going to be a good day for you or a bad day for you, and he knows what to do because he knows the future. He knows the past. He doesn't forget things. Let me tell you, as you get older, you start to forget things. What were we talking about again here on Uplift? No, okay, not that bad, but you start to forget things as you get older. And you don't even have to be older. You can be young and forget things. Or you can say to your parents, um, I forgot. But <laughs> the thing is, God never forgets. God never, no, he's not an elephant, but God never forgets. Okay, so you can take all of these problems to him. Yes, he knows you've brought these same problems to him in the past, but you can bring them again and again and again, because that's the kind of God he is. He wants the best for his children every single time. So, ask for help. So, what are some examples of when you can ask for help? Oh, well, like I already said, when you're with your job, ask for help. You have health issues, ask for help. Not sure if you should buy that house or sell that house, love it or list it, ask for help. It is amazing what God will do. And 
as you get closer to God, as you start to understand him more, as you start to understand what he's saying, you won't even question it anymore. You'll just simply know that was God speaking to me. And when you get to that point, it is a great feeling. And sure, I remember back in the early 2000s, so you know, almost 20 years ago, let's just say 18 years ago, I remember driving down the road in my car one night and saying, God, I just don't know if I'm hearing from you correctly. I want so badly to hear from you. I just don't know if I'm hearing correctly. And I would just keep saying it. Every day I was driving down the road, I'd say, God, I just want to hear from you. I just want to hear from you. And did he answer me right away that very night? No. In fact, I think it was probably a couple years before I really started to hear better. And then I kind of went off on a tangent for a couple of years. And then I started hearing better again. And I'm talking back 2006 and 2010, nothing recently. But it happens. You start to, you think, you know, or somebody comes into your life and they teach you, they say, here's the way that God intended everything to be. And you might follow that and you realize it wasn't quite really what God had in store for me. Not that what I learned was wrong, just wasn't what God had in store for me. He had other plans for me, like to be sitting behind this microphone and in front of this camera without Ian here tonight. And I got to tell you, that is pretty strange. Um, one thing I did want to say, though, is that Ian will be on vacation next week, but I'm already working on having at least one, possibly two guests in here in the Fulcrum Radio studio with me next week for Uplift. So make sure you tune into that, too. But we still got more to talk about, okay? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That comes from Romans chapter 10. And I'm going to turn to that here. And if you'll just bear with me for a moment while I turn to Romans chapter 10. Funny story. Uh, I was in licensing school to be a pastor. And guy stood up and he said, um, I'm preaching from Jeremiah. And he starts fumbling through his Bible, and he says, uh, does anybody know where Jeremiah is? And someone says, it's next to Lamentations. Okay, where's Lamentations? <laughs> so, yeah, he was kind of put on the spot and forgot in that moment. But anyway, um, I'm going to be reading from Romans chapter 10. I'm going to begin with verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteous, which is righteousness, which is of the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe him, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be put to shame. So let me read that again. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So how's that asking? That's asking God to bring you salvation. We all have to ask God for this. 
It's a gift freely given. But we have to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and then we are saved. So when you ask God for help, God will provide every time. Every time. There are countless stories of Jesus asking God for help. Now, we may not read it specifically as such, but everything that Jesus did, though he was the Son of God, he was also the Son of Man. And as Son of God, Yes, he was 100% God, but as the son of man, he was 100% born of a woman. A true man living in the flesh. And he would turn to God, turn to the Father in prayer constantly. Not only to model for us the way to go, but to ask God for help. You think it was just by chance? that that storm was calmed when he was walking on water, or when he fallen asleep in the boat, I guess I should say. And he, they woke him up, the disciples woke him up, and he calmed the storm, he rebuked the storm. Was that by chance? No. He asked the Father for help. He asked and he received. Do you think it was by chance that Lazarus was raised from the dead? No. He said it was so that we would see the glory of God. There's something else to that. I'll tell you in a moment. But he said we would see the glory of God. So he went and he asked the Father, You and I know, Lord, but for their sake, I say, rise, Lazarus. He was asking for our sake that they would see. And in so doing, he rebuked the curse of death. A foreshadowing of his own resurrection, but rebuking the curse of death in our lives. We don't die. We live forever because of his sacrifice. I feel like I'm kind of all over the place tonight. But you know, that's what happens when your co-host, who's done 17 shows with you, is suddenly not here for the night. But that's okay. So, as we continue on, to try to think of stories where... People have asked for help, and God gave it. How about Job? Oh, my goodness. Job. If you've never read the book of Job, it's in the middle. Okay, You can probably unfold, and you'll be close to it. I hit Ezekiel, but I'm just going to back up a little bit past Isaiah and Proverbs and Psalms, and boom, there's Job. If you've never read this story, he's rewarded for his patience. Okay, You've heard of the patience of Job, but he's rewarded for asking God waiting on God and asking God for help in his time of suffering. Let's face it. When we are suffering, the last thing we want is to bother God, right? Well, it depends. Sometimes that's all we can do is ask God. But sometimes we just are suffering so much we just can't even imagine asking God. But that's when he wants you to ask the most. Seek him out. You will find him when you seek him with your whole heart. So, this is the time where I really wish this was an interactive show so I could ask you some questions and answer them because I, honestly, I really had thought that Ian would be here by now, but that's okay. So, 
let's talk about another person who asked for help. Rahab asked Jake or um, Joshua and Caleb to remember her. She believed that Israel was that Israel's God was the true God and hid the spies. God rewarded her by saving her and her family from destruction. But she asked, let's go to the book of Joshua, chapter 2. She asked God for help. I think I hear Ian coming. So perhaps he'll walk in here in a moment and we will continue the show. In the book of Joshua, chapter 2, Rahab, now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from a, a to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab, and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho went to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, for they have come to search my country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark that the two men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for they may over you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan to the fords, and as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came to the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has befallen on us, and that all inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. For when you came up out of Egypt, and what he did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were on the other side of the Jordan, Shion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore, here it comes. I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. And spare my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters, all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, Our lives for yours, if none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let down down by a rope through the window, for, for her house was on a city wall, and she dwelt on the wall. So she asked that God would save her. Did she know God intimately? Not at all. Okay, so if you're saying, I don't know God very well, that's okay. What a great way to get to know him better. There was a day when I didn't know him very well at all. I knew he was the man upstairs, and that's about the only way I knew him. I knew that Jesus died on the cross, but I didn't know beyond that. I didn't know why. I didn't understand why. You can find this out for yourself. I had to ask the Lord, God above, to show me who he is and what I needed to know. And he did it. 
I didn't gain this knowledge on my own. God provided because I asked. God provided because I asked. Not because of what anybody else did for me or what I did on my own. God provided because I asked. And he will provide for you too if you ask. Rahab did not know the Lord. All she knew was the stories. At one time, that's all we ever know in our lives, the stories we've heard. Tell me the stories of Jesus. I've heard them. You know them. You may not know all of them. I'm, I was asked to teach Sunday school. They gave me the felt boards. I was teaching kindergartners. They gave me the felt boards. They gave me a blackboard. They gave me the tiny chairs. My first question, my first day, who's Jacob? I don't know who Jacob is. How am I teaching this Sunday school class? I don't know who Jacob is. I didn't know who Jacob was. And Abraham is his grandfather? Who's Abraham? And who's Isaac? And why are there sheep, so many sheep around? I didn't know those things. So I asked God. I was embarrassed, and I asked God, teach me, Lord. I want to know who Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were. I want to know why they're important. And now I can tell you all kinds of reasons why they're important. But I did two things. I kept asking God, and I read this book. Yeah, I didn't start at the beginning and read all the way through. I jumped around. I let the Lord lead me. I went from 1 Samuel to 2 Samuel. Then I went into Psalms. Then I went back to Exodus. Then I went to Genesis. And guess who I ran into when I went to Genesis? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hey, those are the guys from Sunday school class, the little footboard people. Yeah. Okay. Genesis. I found it in Genesis. You can be like that too. Nobody expects you to know the seven deadly sins or where they're delineated in the Bible. Nobody expects you to know what Haggai was talking about when he said that the Lord was mad. Nobody expects you to know that James wrote a letter to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. But... If you want to know it, so that's all we have time for tonight. Um, Ian, we missed you. Hopefully, we'll see you in a couple weeks. I know you're on vacation next week, but we'll see you in a couple weeks. Um, send us your feedback. Leave a comment. Uh, I got to tell you, it was very difficult. I, I know that I've done this before in the past at the table, but when you get into the groove and you get into the swing of things with the with someone, you know, bouncing ideas off one another, it becomes a little more difficult. So you can tell me I did terrible tonight. That's fine. Uh, you can leave any kind of feedback, any kind of questions. Man, I love to answer questions. You know, my show, Bible Time, I love to answer people's questions. And next week, I'll be answering someone, a viewer's question. So make sure you tune in for that. And, you know, send us some questions. Send us a prayer request. I'd love to pray for you. I have I'm telling you, when people pray for one another, it's just like asking God. He moves. Pray for me. Pray for Ian, especially next week when he's on vacation. 
Pray for my special guest next week. I'm not sure who it'll be yet. Pray for us all and pray for yourself and send a prayer request to prayer at fulcrumradio.org. You can find, you can reach me at phil at the fulcrumcenter.org or ian at ian at the fulcrumcenter.org. Those are our email addresses. Ian at the fulcrumcenter.org, phil at the fulcrumcenter.org. The Fulcrum Center, right there on the front of the tablecloth here, if you're watching on YouTube. And I will see you again next week. And until then, good night and God bless. Mm-hmm.